0: Gang, um, I want to tell you a little story as we start. <clears throat> I, I told you this story back in January when we, I wanted to explain again uh, from whence cometh my interest in this topic of the fear of God. Um, how did that happen? And, and it's got a nice little um, vignette, at least I think it is, and it'll explain some things, I hope. Um, When I graduated from seminary in 1975, long before most of you were born, um, I moved to Ocala, Florida and planted a church in Ocala, Florida. Um, As, of course, it's a church plant, so you don't have a church building. So they rented me an office in downtown uh, Ocala. Greg Post right over here knows where this is. It was on Pine Street, downtown Ocala, and it was right above the ABC Liquor Lounge now, I, I'm not saying that euphemistically, um, or um it was right above, <clears throat> literally right above it. And every morning when I came in, you could still smell the beer, and and um and sometimes I would have to leave early because they started the music early um and before all the crowd got there at the ABC Liquor Lounge. So I had this little office right above there. And one of the one of the great privileges of my life is that I have Uh, I'm encouraged to take long periods of time to spend with God. And so over the years, seven days a week, I get to spend time with God. So I was in one of those um, times in my office right above the ABC Liquor Lounge. And I came, and by the way, some of you know how I study the Bible. I start in Genesis and go Genesis 1-1 1-1 and then psalm 1-1 and then matthew 1-1 and i and i go through three days and then i come back and you know go through anyway i that particular morning i was in psalm and this was like the fall of 1975 i was in psalm 33 and i'd love for you to see it if you can uh, find it real quick um <clears throat> it was in psalm 33 and um i first came to this statement Um, in Psalm 33, verse 8, let all the earth fear the Lord. Well, that's that's nice. Let all the, the earth fear the Lord. And then, in that same Psalm, I came to verses 18 and 19. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him, on those who hope in His steadfast love. The eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know exactly. I mean, does God have eyes? Well, He probably doesn't. God is spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. But can God see? Of course He can. So His eye is on those who fear Him. Okay, well that was nice. And I said, oh, well, let all the earth fear the Lord. And then, oh, I right hear it says, you know, His eyes. Then I came to Psalm 34. And um, in verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack like no good thing. Um, so, for those who fear him, there is no lack. And I, <clears throat> what I saw in those two psalms were some incentives, some promises made to God's people. Did I understand the promises perfectly? No, I didn't. I still don't. But I can certainly tell you that what was being said here was positive. Um, And then look at verse 7. This is kind of the clincher. Uh, Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And delivers them. Now, gang, we have spent a couple of Wednesday nights in the in the years that we've been together on this title of the Angel of the Lord. You remember? And I've told you again and again. Uh, you notice that the the word Lord is capitalized. No, it's not cap. It's in all caps. And when you in the Old Testament, when you find when you find the word Lord, and it's all caps like that, not like this, <clears throat> not capitalized. But in all caps, when, the, when, when, it's, when that word is found, it's a, it's a translation of yod heh vav which is the Yahweh, it's the, uh, the Hebrew Tetragrammaton, which is that name of God that God gives to Moses in Exodus 3. And so you come to this text and it says, the angel of the Lord, which is a... I've taught this before, we don't have time to look at it again tonight, but the angel of the Lord is a title. It's a Christophany. It's a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. And the angel of the Lord encamps around who? Who? God-fearers. And so those were my two psalms for that morning. And I see, you know, those who fear God suffer no lack. Let all the earth fear the Lord. The angel of the Lord encamps around. And I thought, oh my goodness, what is this? What is this thing called the fear of the Lord? And so that morning, I launched a study. What I did is I took a concordance. Um, and oh, actually it was a Hebrew concordance which they're different um, the, the Hebrew term for, for fear is Yara and so I looked in this Hebrew concordance you know what a concordance is I, the, concordance, the Hebrew concordance gave me every time where this Hebrew word appeared in the Old Testament Yara and so I started tracking them down and here are those notes From 1975. These are just the occurrences of the term Yara in the book of Psalms. Just the Psalms. Not the rest of the Old Testament, just that one book. Here they are. And so I started tracking, I I looked up every one of them. And it took me days. But that was the birth of this interest in the topic of the fear of the Lord and why I've said to you in the past actually I said to you when we opened this series that the key element of our sanctification as God's people is our understanding and our commitment to this thing called the fear of the Lord. Because you see, as I said Sunday, the fear of the Lord is when you hate evil and you turn away from it. So I have to have something that makes me hate evil and turn away from it or I won't be sanctified, Will I? So the fear of the Lord is that thing that buffets me when it comes to dealing with my own sin. But the Bible graciously condescends to stubborn donkeys like me and it gives us then some incentives. Here's one. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear me. Now, gang, w- w- what does that mean? What does it mean that the, the this pre-incarnate appearance of Christ encamps? Or, I don't know. Um, oh, that's just poetry. Okay, it's poetry. Oh, it's just prose. Okay, it's just prose. But well, let me ask you a question. Don't you want it? Whatever it is? <laughs> I do. I want the angel of the Lord encamping around me. What does that mean? Well, I'm not sure, but I sure don't want to say I don't want the Lord not encamping around me. So who does he encamp around? People that fear him. And he promises to those who fear him that they will suffer no lack. That's an incentive. That's a promise. Don't you want that? then I can tell you how to get it. Pretty simple. doesn't take a seminary degree to figure that out. We fear the Lord. Guys, what I want to... Sh- this is the last episode or the last edition of this whole series. I could, probably could have gone two or three more weeks, but since it, they're kicking me out, um, I thought decided I'd just quit tonight. But what I want you to see tonight... Based on all this stuff that we've said, what is it, January, February, March, April, and now May? The same topic. Um, I want you to see some of these incentives. So that you might take hold of them and say, oh my goodness, if that's what's being promised to me, then I will certainly do that. We've got to move somewhat rapidly. But uh, uh, most of these are in the Psalms. Psalm 115. This is a (laughs) Psalm one fifteen, verse eleven. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Again, shield. We know what a shield is. That's some kind of protection. But this whole idea of the God being my help. Um. It says it several places in the Psalms that, that, that God is my help. Psalm 124 verse 8, Psalm 121 verse 2. But for, God has committed, for God-fearing folk, God is committing himself to be their help. Do you need any of that? Would you like to have some help? I want help. I need lots of help. I'm, I'm, I'm living in a world that's fallen and ravaged by sin. I'm not that smart anyway, Susie, is much, I mean, the wisdom of our home. She's the brains of that organization, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not that smart. I have a lot of heat, not much light. Uh, so I want help. Now, again... How does God help me? I don't know. I just know I want it. Don't you? You know, it is, it is a God that commits himself to me to help keep me within the boundaries of his statutes and testimonies. Because you know what? Mm, sin sure does look attractive to me at times. I sure can. Mm. No, no, no. Mm. God helps. Gang. The only life that works is the life that's played out between the borders that he sets for us. Now, I did not say that that life was pain free. The Bible doesn't teach that anywhere. I'm saying, but the life that works, the one that has some sanity to it, the one that makes a little bit of sense. In a sin marred sin scarred world, and so to stay within those boundaries, God helps. Who does he help? The people that fear him. Now, I have to say this is one of my favorites, because um The next one is one of my favorites. I I guess it's because of my profession, maybe. But if you will go to Psalm 25. Again, we're looking at incentives, promises that God makes to people so that they might fear him. This is in Psalm 25. And I just love this. Okay. Let's imagine that you're up one morning, you got a cup of coffee in your right hand, and you come to this statement, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a question, and it says, who is the man who fears the Lord? What's your answer? I mean, gang, we don't just read the Bible. I mean, it's asking you a question. Who's, who's the man that fears the Lord? Me. Would, 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 would the rest of you raise your hand? Well, I hope you would. But notice what it promises to us. Him. Which who? Who's the him? The one who fears the Lord. Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. God will instruct. Gang, do you know what wisdom is? Wisdom is competence in the face of a complex world. Sometimes we make wise decisions, sometimes we don't make very wise decisions. But the promise here is that God will instruct. Do you know what I pray probably seven days a week? That God would teach me, that he would be my teacher. Because I need to be taught. I want him to teach me. Do you? Well, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, give it up if you are not a God-fearer. Go on and live in your stupidity. Because God has pledged Himself to instruct those that fear Him. He will not Leave me in my ignorance. You know, guys, have, have you ever read this? I'm, I'm sure you have. In fact, we used to memorize it uh, in some places. I don't know that we memorize this, but but listen to this. This is in Psalm 119. Um, uh, um, here it is. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ages, for I keep your precepts. Gank, did you hear that? I am wiser than my enemies. I have more understanding than all my teachers. I understand more than the aged. Why? Why would David say that? How could David say that? He was a young man at the time. He could say that because God had instructed him. God gives insight to what life is like. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, if you need a therapist, please don't go see a non-Christian. Their whole view of the nature of man is whacked up. They can give you some pious platitudes. But they can't instruct you in wisdom. God instructs. Don't you want that? Heck yeah, I want it. Um, here's two that that should um, interest you. Of course, they're both really they both really say the same thing. But they uh, um, th- this is Psalm eighty-five. Psalm eighty-five, verse nine says. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. Okay, it says that also in, in Psalm 103. Um, surely his salvation. Let me read the, the Psalm 103. Um, this is Psalm 103, verse 17, which says, uh, um, <laughs> That's Psalm 104. Um, Psalm 103, w- 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 who took 103 out of my Bible? Uh, there it is. Um, but the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him oh my goodness the steadfast love is from everlasting to everlasting on who on those who fear him those who fear him how does it say it um Surely His salvation is near to those who fear Him. Ladies and gentlemen, I would say to you, if you are not a God-fearer, you are not a saved individual. By the way, I'm not the first one to say that. The Apostle Paul was. Romans chapter 3, verse 18. So what I've done for five months is just underscore the importance of saved people fearing God such that it turns us away from our propensity to sin. Um, How about this one? Uh, Stay in Psalm 103, uh, verse 13. This is a sweet one. As a father shows compassion to his children... So the Lord shows compassion to those who fear Him. There are times, ladies and gentlemen, that life has bruised us so badly that all we want is a tender mercy. Someone to tell us, it'll be okay. To whom do those tender mercies go? To those who fear Him. There's a couple of families in our church right now that what they need is just tender mercies, the compassions that are promised to God fearing folk. I've got to hurry. I got two more and not quit. Um, actually, I think it's just one more. But I, I would love, if you've got a Bible, <clears throat> I'd love for you to go to Psalm 145 with me. Psalm 145. <clears throat> now, gang, I, we don't have time for me to read Psalm 145. First of all, it's, it's fairly long, but, and, and I, I want you to see the first seven verses, but I don't even have time to read seven verses. But I do want to draw your attention to the language that the psalmist uses in the first seven verses. I will extol you. Gang, does anybody ever use that word extol? You ever use that word extol? You know what it means? It's, uh, it's praising on steroids. I will extol. We don't even talk like that anymore. The people of God have lost this piece of vocabulary. I will extol and bless your name. Every day will bless you and praise your name. Great is the Lord, and great will you be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall command to another. I guess I am going to read Paul 7, and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty. Gang, have you ever said that? The glorious splendor of your majesty. Has it ever crossed your mind? The glorious splendor of your majesty. I mean, this guy could teach us something about worship, could he not? Um, They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds. Please don't call your cherry pie awesome. That's a word that we ought to reserve for deity. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your right. Gang, I'm drawing your attention to the to the language that is being used in the opening of this psalm? Could it get any higher? Now look at verse 19. He fulfills the desire of those who fear Him. He also hears their cry and saves them. Again, my point is this. When someone knows this much about the bigness of God, that's, that comes from a man or a woman who knows that this God is to be feared. And God says to him, fulfill all of your desires. See here's follow my logic because we don't know much about these first seven verses that is we don't operate like this then we don't even have right desires. Oh I want a new Corvette. Well, I can pretty much assure you that that's not included in these desires here. But when when you're gripped with the majesty of God like this guy is, then I can tell you that all your desires will be met by the God that you fear. Now, guys, I want to close this whole thing by hopefully leaving you with a word of encouragement. When you see this kind of stuff that arises that we've been talking about for five months, um, I guess there could be the tendency to be overwhelmed and say, well, that's just way beyond where my soul is. And uh, I guess, you know, really holy people. Could grab hold of that, but to me, I'm just I'm just trying to hack it on a Monday morning. Well, here's my here's my encouragement to you, guys. You know, we as parents, we we glory in the feeble effort, efforts of our little ones, of our little toddlers. I remember when I was a little boy. I mean, uh, gosh, you know, back when we were still drawing pictures on the side of caves. Um, <laughs> I lived at 522 East Gage over in uh, Longview Heights. Let me just tell you, don't go over there unless you're in a tank. <laughs> but that's where, that's where my, the first five or six years of my life were spent, on 522 East Gage. And I remember on, on certain occasions that I would get up on a Saturday morning and I wanted to you know, help my mother. And I had two twin beds... Um, in my room, uh, my sister had her own bedroom, and then mom and dad. But I had two twin beds, and I only slept in one of them, of course. But um, I would try to make up that bed. And um, have you ever seen a four-year-old try to make up a bed? I must have walked around that thing forty-five times trying to get all those wrinkles out of the out of the blankets, you know. And I, I could never get it. And um, and so I would spend. You know, I'd I'd shut the door because I I wanted to surprise my mother, you know, what a a good thing I'd done. And then I'd open the door, and, you know, mama would come in there and look at this effort. It really wasn't much. Never could get that pillow thing down, you know, with the thing tucked under there, you know. Um, But my mother always celebrated that there was on my part an effort to bring, her pre- to bring her pleasure, to bring her pleasure. I'm simply saying to you, brother and sister, that yes, this language of Psalm 145 might be beyond us. It probably is. But God glories in the feeble attempts of His children to bring Him pleasure. It certainly needs to improve. Yes. But even in the feeblest of attempts, God takes pleasure in His children, saying, I'm going to do something where my intent is to give Him pleasure. So when it comes to this whole fear of God thing, as far as we fall short, indeed, just know the feeblest attempts are attempts that give God pleasure. Oh God, might our, our efforts to study this subject please you? Might we uh, evermore find ourselves being reminded over and over that these things are true, these incentives about the angel of the Lord and camping, all of these kind things that you have incentivized us with, Would you remind us that those those only belong to men and women who know the Savior and seek to walk humbly before Him knowing that we live by the Spirit and so for the rest of our days we now want to walk by the Spirit. O Holy Spirit of God Direct us to carry out our steps in between these boundaries that are marked off by the statutes and the testimonies and commandments of God. Help us. We are desperately in need of that help. Do that for Jesus' sake. In His name we pray. Amen.